Support for Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio is made possible by M&M Printing and the Observer News of Ruskin. Hello and welcome to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts, information for and about veterans. Dr. Sharif Elnahal, Undersecretary for Health for the United States Veterans Administration in Washington, D.C., is Bill Hodge's guest for this edition of the podcast. Dr. Elnahal outlined his plans to strengthen the VA and provide more services from the healthcare side for veterans like you. Under the leadership of VA Secretary McDonough and Undersecretary Elnahal, your health care could not be in better hands. Here now is Bill Hodges with Veterans Corner Radio on Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts. Welcome to Veterans Corner, a show dedicated to providing information to all those who have served our country's military and to their families. Now, here is your host, newspaper columnist, management trainer, and Air Force veteran, Bill Hodges. Hi, I am Bill Hodges, and this is Veterans Corner Radio. We're so lucky today. We've got a great guest, and all of our guests have been great. But in particular, we have the VA Undersecretary for Health. Dr. Sharif Elnahal, and he's been very cooperative, and I really appreciate everything he's done for me, and along with Mark, uh, his PIO guy, been very helpful to me. Would you give us an overview a little bit of what your office entails? Absolutely, Bill, and thanks so much for having me on your show. I'm Sharif Elnahal. I'm Undersecretary for Health at the Department of Veterans Affairs, and uh, I am responsible for all of the healthcare mission for veterans executed by VA across the United States. So that means our hospitals, clinics, nursing homes, caregiver support programs, homelessness programs, and a lot more. And it's really my life's honor to be part of this organization, uh, meeting the best mission out of the federal government. I would think it'd be hard to get your arms around all of that. Well, you know, it's uh, I'm fortunate to have a great team surrounding me uh, responsible for every element of this mission. Not only national leaders will help coordinate efforts, but in particular leadership uh, closer to veterans across the country. Uh, you know, our medical center directors and their teams, frontline clinicians and their teams understand veterans needs in their regions really, really impressively. And so I rely upon them to tell me what we need to do to offer better supports, resources. And uh, that's why the mission is uh, you know, carried out so well across the country. It's really our now 411,000 person team across the United States. You know, I know from listening to what you've said in several of your press briefings, that one of the things that's very, very important to you is the suicide rate. And I understand we're making some new service centers? Well, that's right, Bill. And uh, we just released our annual veteran suicide report counts every single confirmed veteran suicide across the country. Uh, and every single one of those suicides is a tragedy. And we are absolutely compelled 
uh, to learn from every single one of them. It's my most important clinical priority and my most important public health priority to get a handle on veteran suicide and bring that number down to zero. One is too many. And we do that through multiple initiatives. We have the Veterans Crisis Line, which is there for any veteran across the country who is in crisis, dial 988-PRESS-1. We have our programs that fund community coalitions so that no veteran is without a social safety net of support. And we connect veterans to other veterans through programs like peer support to help them get through difficult times. But we also have programs that better support and fund our mental health mission, which is really important for veterans who need that type of care. And so we have a really comprehensive set of programs built. You know, it would seem to me that one of the driving forces with suicide is not having a roof over your head. What is the DA doing about helping to get our homeless vets into some type of facility or find a place for themselves? Well, that's right, Bill. And the VA has been helping to house homeless veterans for many, many years now. And it's such an extremely important part of our mission. The words homeless and veteran really should not be in the same sentence in as much as we have the same mission around preventing veteran suicide. And that only happens when we have social workers, caseworkers, but also policy that allows for affordable housing to become more available to homeless veterans across the country. And we have a close partnership with the Department of Housing and Urban Development, who actually issues the veteran-specific vouchers. But we have a very important caseworker program called Housing First with the philosophy that if you put a veteran under a roof in permanent housing, and then follow on with needed mental health, substance use disorder care if they need it, and all of their care needs after they've been housed, then you get to better outcomes. And we're proving that case every day. We recently just housed 38,000 homeless veterans two months before we expected to hit that goal wow. this calendar year. And we're really proud of that result. Do we have any idea how many homeless vets there are out there? We do an exercise every year called the point in time count. And I'm actually going to be going to Los Angeles early next year to participate in that city's count. But really what that is, is a set of volunteers going throughout a city and, uh, you know, meeting homeless veterans and literally counting them. It's the only accurate way that we can do that on top of getting data from municipalities, cities, states, and other jurisdictions to help us get to an understanding of the work we have to do. And every single one of those veterans deserves a home, and we work every day to meet that objective. You know, one thing that I constantly preach to my listeners, they know that they're probably tired of hearing it, the VA is proactive rather than reactive. At least that's my feeling for it. Seven years ago, I worked with a Margaret Carrico as a doctor, and we worked on a program where doctors could talk to patients over the internet. And everybody said, wow, isn't this kind of neat? This will come along someday. And of course, when the pandemic came, you were ready. You weren't playing catch up like many of the other places. You had a program going. And I think another thing that I believe falls under you, which I think is the Million million Vet Program. And, and I've been a member of it for seven, eight years now. What do you think of that program? Is it producing results? Well, that's right, Bill. I do think we are a proactive system, and that's really because of our people. 
more than a third of our employees are veterans themselves, and so many more of our employees have a personal connection to people who served. And so uh, that has led to, on top of our employees coming from the best training institutions, medical schools, and programs in the country, uh, programs like the Million Veterans Program, which is the largest database of genetic information that is connected to health outcomes and clinical information in the entire world. There's no database like it. And the good news is we just reached the million veteran milestone where veterans are signing up with the clear understanding that they're doing it to help other veterans. The more insights we have from people's genetic footprint and what that means for their health, the more we will be able to generate therapies, do research to help them, and ultimately uh, clarify what their health risks are so that we can get them better and better care over time. And that's what the Million Veterans Program allows us to do. Science makes mistakes. Companies make mistakes. Big organizations make mistakes. And Camp Lejeune is a big mistake. What is the VA doing with the Camp Lejeune situation? Well, I agree with you on that, Bill. I think we have to do everything in our power to help the veterans who were exposed to contaminated water during the period of time where that problem went undetected for many years and exposed not only veterans, but family members to contaminated water that led to really concerning health conditions. And so as just one example of how we're helping, we recently just announced that we are now going to provide uh, care coverage for family members of veterans who ended up getting Parkinson's disease because of their exposure to contaminated water at Camp Lejeune. We also have a number of other conditions that we consider presumptive, which is just a fancy way of saying the burden of proof is no longer on the veteran if they have the condition to prove that they were exposed or that their exposure caused the condition. And the PACT Act allows us to do that with burn pits and Agent Orange and a lot more. And we have programming that allows us to do that for veterans and family members who are exposed to contaminated water at Camp Lejeune. You know, leadership is so important. And I, I believe uh, Secretary McDonough is the best secretary we've had in the VA in my time. And I'm 82 years old. Of course, I didn't get to the VA early enough because I listened to all those people telling me how bad VA care was. But VA care is some of the best in the world from what I'm seeing personally. Well, I share your strong support for Secretary McDonough. He is just an exceptional leader who really puts the veteran at the center of every decision he makes, and he compels all of the undersecretaries, myself included, uh, to do the same. And so he's an excellent partner. And we've proven, and this is work that's happened over many years, by the way, Bill, uh, we've proven as a healthcare system that the quality of care offered by VA is superlative. We just released the results of the CMS overall hospital quality star ratings. This is a star rating system that every hospital in America participates in. And 67% of our medical centers scored either four or five stars out of five, one of the top two ratings, compared to only about 42% of medical centers in the private sector. We also just released a uh, systematic review, which is a study that looks at many studies that compare VA to non-VA care. And the vast majority of studies prove that VA care 
is either better or the same in the dimensions of care that were examined in the studies. And so we keep striving for better and better quality, uh, but veterans should know that when it comes to the standard quality scoring systems, VA does quite well. I understand that, and I, I can't find the particular study right now, but I'm sure it's there, that if you go to a VA emergency room, you are 20% more likely to have a good outcome. Yes. So there are studies that look at uh, VA emergency room care, and there's a lot of ways to look at the quality of that care. Uh, You know, being able to safely transfer to another site of care within a hospital is one metric, the speed by which you refer and guide a veteran into emergency care in the case of a heart attack and so much more. And the VA does quite well when you compare to other hospitals. And so that's because of our emergency room physicians and clinicians, but also because of you know the care that our clinicians and employees bring to the mission, knowing that they are serving people who earn that care because they serve the country. You know, it's interesting to me that the more pressure they seem to put on the VA with the PAC Act and other things, you folks seem to still stay ahead of them. We're getting good care from good people. How do you manage to do that? Well, you're right to tell, uh, to identify, Bill, that we're growing uh, really fast in terms of veteran enrollment. So we've enrolled more than 300,000 new veterans into our system since the PAC Act was signed. And uh, well over 150,000 of them were specifically because of the PACT Act. And that was intentional. It speaks to the mantra that the president has set for us, which is more care and more benefits. And so uh, we know that certain areas of the country are growing much faster because uh, veterans are moving there. And ultimately, veterans, when they're released from the military, end up there. So North Carolina, Florida, Texas, the Southwest, Arizona. Uh, and other areas are growing quite fast. And so we are doing as much as we possibly can to make sure we hire enough people to be able to serve those veterans' needs. And in fact, we broke a record last year by hiring more than 61,000 employees from outside of our system into the VA to be able to keep up with that demand. The PACT Act itself also gave us exciting new authorities to be able to hire and retain new employees and also Uh, innovative ways to get more clinical space by uh, working with our academic affiliates, the Department of Defense. We just announced a really important partnership with the Navy out of Pensacola to start using that hospital for more services for veterans with our employees and the Navy personnel. And all of that will be in service to veterans. So we're really excited about the opportunities, Bill. What about artificial intelligence? Are we working on that program This is one I haven't been involved with, so I don't know, but I'm sure there must be some AI programs. Absolutely, Bill. We're diving right into the AI mission, and that's actually at the direction of the President of the United States. He recently signed an executive order that enshrined what we call the trustworthy AI principles. So we know AI has a lot of potential to benefit people across the country, but it also has a lot of risks, and we have to be mindful of things like data security for veterans and, uh, God forbid, an AI platform being used for harm. And so we have set up our system for AI to be extremely mindful of those principles. In fact, some of our personnel, like Dr. Gil Alterovitz, 
were involved in generating the trustworthy AI principles, but at the same time, we're diving in and uh, asking industry to actually help us do things like reduce clinician burnout, generate automatic clinical notes, summarize documentation for our clinicians, and really be of support to our frontline employees uh, in serving veterans. And so we're really excited about the potential for AI. You touched on something else, employee burnout. Our people at the Haley VA work really, really hard. And it really, it amazes me. They're able to put the hours in and the way they do it. Dr. Whitaker, Chief, Assistant Chief of Staff, he also covers as the uh, Chief of Cardiology. And uh, these people are great. Yeah, Bill, I think, um, you know, you're not the first veteran uh, and you won't be the last to tell me about burnout among our clinicians. And so it is my responsibility to support them as much as possible. And the most important way to do that is to hire more of them so that the workload involved in caring for veterans can be more equally and reasonably distributed among staff. We also have an initiative called Reboot that is allowing for us to offer clinicians more bandwidth to be able to get through their day uh, without burning out, while at the same time, seeing as many veterans as possible so that access to care can continue to improve. And so that's why we've made the focus of our AI effort almost solely on clinician burnout at first. And as we see more of these solutions come to the point of care, we're going to think about even more ways to help our clinicians through it. Well, I've run out of time, but I would like to give you a minute. This will be the first show that we play in January. I'm sure you're going to want to wish everybody a great new year. I want to wish everybody a happy new year and a happy holiday. But also, if you're a veteran, even if you're a veteran who tried us years ago and we didn't serve your needs well or we mistreated you, my uh, humble ask is to try us again because we have more doors to get into our system than ever before. And we respect your service and appreciate your service to the country. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today has been VA Undersecretary for Health, Sharif L. Nahal. And he is a doctor and a busy man. And I won't take up any more of your time, but I wish you a great new year because if you do your job the way I know you can, the VU be better and better all the way through it. Thank you so much, Bill. Really a uh, pleasure to join. Ladies and gentlemen, you're unique, you're special, and you're great. Tell yourself so often because you are, you know. And we'll talk to you again very soon on Veterans Corner Radio. You've been listening to Veterans Corner with your host, Air Force veteran Bill Hodges. The views expressed on this program are those of Bill and his guests and are opinions based on the best available information. In matters of law or governmental regulation, it will always be best to check with the appropriate agency. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us for the next Veterans Corner. Before we go, here's a quick final thought. Why not take a minute to follow or mark Veterans Corner Radio podcasts as a favorite? It's easy, and you'll be among the first to be notified when new episodes of the podcast are released. And thanks for listening to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts.